At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We gon' start this all right. We got the Mary. Hashtag not committed. Welcome back to another edition of Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining us once again on three scouting and rankings assistant, Cody Belair. Cody, it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, and, and just for the sake of this podcast and our listeners, I hope no one just immediately turns it off, but... As an alum, how did it feel to uh, see your alma mater win a big trophy for the first time in, uh, whew, it's been a minute, 2009? Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's really hard being an LSU athletics sort of supporter. You know, you just went, it, you have to wait, you know, a couple months until you win another national championship. You know what I mean? LSU baseball wins an Addy. <laughs> You got to wait a couple months and you go back a few months and LSU women's basketball wins one. It's just, it's really tough being an LSU athletics supporter, man. So, you know, I hope everyone feels bad for me in the comments and, you know, yeah. just. It, it seemed like the writing was on the wall halfway through the year with how good this LSU baseball team was. But as Ole Miss fans can attest, sometimes that doesn't really matter in the postseason oh, yeah. because Ole Miss was. Probably, I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but they were, you know, rumored to be the last team in the field last year, and then they go right. on a run and, and and win it all. So, um, but yeah, I, that LSU baseball team was probably one of the better teams in the last couple of years in the sport. So, um, so yeah, I, NIL is now alive and well in college baseball. So, oh dude, um, yeah, it's and like. I mean, even to that point, dude, like when you talk about Ole Miss coming in last in the field, running a heater, I've always believed as a baseball guy, like I've always believed that, you know, the season's so long, it's all about who's hot going in. And ironically, LSU was the opposite of that, where they were on a, such a cold streak, like mm-hmm. exiting SEC tournament, going into that tournament itself, you know, that everybody was kind of like, oh, crap, I'm not really sure what we're heading like i don't know what we're getting ourselves into going into the uh tournament in general um and then ultimately you know trey morgan makes an absurd play um getting us there like we just we had moments where it was like okay it's gonna go this way or that way hopefully it works out and it you know 
that's how you have to be in that tournament, man. It's better to be lucky than good sometimes, dude. It 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 doesn't hurt. Um, yeah. Plus, when you have an eight, like I mean, got guys again, not to brag, we just had the number one and number two overall picks in the MLB draft on the same team. That's very helpful. <laughs> so it, it is guys like that. Uh, sure does make life easier. Yeah, I was gonna say can confirm that that is good. Uh, yeah, and it your, is helpful <laughs> for your prospects. Um, speaking of prospects over the weekend, four-star quarterback, DeMond Williams Jr. Reopened his commitment, uh, commitment, reopened his recruitment. I should say, um, I was unsure what was going to happen there because it did take a little bit, but Ole Miss adding Austin Simmons, he reclassifies to 2023. With the numbers game there, it kind of makes sense for Demon Williams to kind of take a step back and reevaluate. What did you uh what did you take from that decommitment? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's where it's at, Zach. You know, when when someone comes in and basically the team you're committed to says, Hey, hey man, just so you know, we're gonna take someone that's technically a class behind you. And we're going to have him leapfrog you and join our QB room, which, by the way, we added two transfers in the last cycle. So it doesn't exactly I'm not shocked by it. When I saw it, I said, oh, yeah, there it is. Like it was about it was more of a writing on the wall. The writing was on the wall there. Once you make those moves, man, it just it's not even an issue in the sense where you say like, man, they have no shot at getting him back. I would say there is a world in which Demond Williams could still end up at Ole Miss. It's just, I think for the kids sake, this was the right decision. You take a step back. You say, Hey guys, with the choices y'all made, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to reconsider some things. I'm going to go back and weigh all my options again. That way I make the right decision. I actually think it's a professional. I mean, it's a, honestly, it's a very professional move on his part. I think this allows him to say, because even better, what you don't want is the kid to stay committed and then start going all over the place and taking a tour of the U.S. basically of all these campuses while he's committed to Ole Miss. Because then, you know, as an Ole Miss supporter and a fan, you would be like, what are you doing? Like, you're not committed to the school. You're clearly going shopping. Like, what are you doing? So I think there was the right decision on, you know, both parties. If they really like Austin Simmons, great. And you can get him in the class. Awesome. For Demond, hey man, if, if you don't if you're unsure of your future there, make the decision. Decommit. It's totally valid. I think he I think it's right on both ends. So um, you know, I'm not I wouldn't write him off completely as an Ole Miss fan, but I would say uh, you know, I think this it's still a business. And I think he's just trying to make the right choice. Yeah, I think that's pretty cut and dry because the numbers game does not bode well. And and that's not to say that, well, he wouldn't be good enough to compete or wouldn't be good enough to to win the job. It's just that clock starts as soon as you graduate and you get to get to campus. And yeah, um, yeah I don't think it was any kind of shift in, you know, what Ole Miss thought of him. I talked with his dad for the better part of a couple hours when I was at the Elite 11 Regional in Oxford and they loved Ole Miss. They loved Oxford. They were big fans of the staff. So, I, yeah, I just think it's just a, a numbers game, and he's trying to make the best decision for him. So, um, 
that following day on Saturday, after he decommitted on Friday, Ole Miss extended two pretty interesting offers to quarterbacks in the 24 class. Um, I know these are these are two guys that you're excited to talk about. Um, two very different quarterbacks. But uh, let's start with uh, with Hoss Haney, the uh, quarterback out of Fort Worth. He's committed to TCU. Um, I know he was uh, he was a, a fun one to watch at Elite 11, and I know that you like his game. So um, I- I'm sure you'll get into it. I'll preface it by this is this is a long shot here. But right. um, but yeah, that's... so almost extended the offer. Um, former receiver, now quarterback. That's that's lighting things up. Yeah, man. I I'm glad you started with him. I got to be honest, guys. He's this is, you know, when you work for teams and stuff, everybody's got their baby, right? You find a kid early, and he doesn't have a ton of offers or something like that. You know, when I when I saw Hoss Haney commit to TCU, it was. Charles does a good bit of heavy lifting on the QBs. And so I have a little bit more of a space to kind of like navigate sort of the lower rated guys for us. And I, I watched Hoss and I was like, Ooh man, I think I fell in love with this kid. <laughs> Is he, he's easily one of my favorite prospects. I would call him one of my babies in this 2024 cycle. He is like I, I was so excited to see him in person. So I saw him at the Elite Eleven Austin Regional, um, and I was able to see him obviously at the Elite Eleven Finals. And so when we were at the Elite Eleven Austin Regional, we saw him. I mean, name a Texas QB that's ranked right. Like DJ Lagway's there, Michael Hawkins is there, Trey Owens is there, um, Will Hammond's there, Hoss Haney's there. So it's all these like nationally rated quarterbacks all throwing back to back to back to back to back. And Hawes Haney it was so impressive. The way the ball comes off his hand, he spins it so well. He's ultra athletic, right? You touched on it, right? He played, I mean, last year he was in receiver. And then this past season, it was his first year as a starting quarterback there. And, you know, the production's not quite what you want to see, but man, I mean, the kid ran 10, eight and a hundred. So he has legit track speed at the quarterback position and you see it on tape. Um, plus it's, you know, he's got, the, he's got the genetics, man. The mom was a TCU track and basketball player. Dad was a D lineman at TCU. Um, so I, I think to your point, Zach, is it a long shot? Absolutely. But if that kid were to get on campus, you would have someone that for us, you know, we rank for the NFL draft historically measurable wise Hoss doesn't exactly fit the bill as a top tier NFL draft projection, but goodness, I think he's going to be an absolute monster of a college football player. Um, the athleticism translates the arm talents there size wise is a little undersized, but man, guys, he, he is an absolute gamer. Um, Here's, very lucky to see that in person. I'll give you a comp and I haven't seen him in person, but I've seen the tape. Yeah. Much better at throwing the football, but built very similar to John Rice Plumley. That's I, I said he's John Rice Plumley mixed with like Garrett Nussmeyer. <laughs> yeah. Like he, no, he can throw. No it. kidding. Like that's I, when I got off the field, I was like, if you shrunk John Rice Plumley by like three inches, this is what he would look like. 
but he's got the mentality in the gamer to him that I was able to see in person with Garrett Nussmeyer. Like Nussmeyer is sitting back there and he's like, I'm going to throw, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to chunk the hell out of this thing. Like that's what Nussmeyer does. Like he's wired how you want, like he's wired like Philip Rivers. Like everyone always thought of Philip Rivers mm-hmm. as like the ultimate gunslinger. That's how Nussmeyer thinks. That's how I believe Hoss Haney thinks. Um, and then mix that with the athleticism of John Rice Plumley, And I think you're a pretty good weapon at the next level. Yeah, because he threw it pretty well at, at Alito High School, but then he also ran for over 1,200 yards. So the yep. dual threat thing is very real. Um, yeah, he's going to be a handful for folks at the at the next level, just have to account for another runner. Um, the other offer that was extended, um, another Elite 11 finalist, won the rail shot competition. Um, <clears throat> this guy's a lot of fun um, and is – Certainly someone who's going to continue to have some buzz on the recruiting trail just because of the the intrigue and the ceiling. But Trevor Jackson out of Jones High School in Florida, um, 6'3", 190, so a lot to like on paper. But what have you seen from him in person? Missile. First thing, missile. I mean, we stood there, and the beauty of the Elite 11 finals, right? So Charles and I were both there. And the first thing they do on like the first day, so they warm up and all that good stuff and they split the group up. So they got one side of the field doing like drills and stuff. The other side, they all, you can stand in the back of the end zone. So we're probably like four feet away from these guys. And they stand there and they do this, like uh, they do this like video tracking sort of thing where it like kind of tracks their arm action and the velocity of the ball and stuff like that. So we're standing like four feet away from all these guys and they're all making the exact same like 10 throws. So we get to watch all of them, you know, drop, hitch, throw, drop, throw. We stood there. I think Trevor was maybe like the eighth or ninth thrower of the football there. And so we saw some guys throw and they're like, oh yeah, cool. Trevor stands up there and you hear that football coming off of his hand. Like everyone always talks about the whistle or the smoke that sort of comes off the football with these guys that can really throw it. You heard the seams rip through the air when this kid threw it. Me and Charles looked at each other and we're like, Oh, uh, didn't see that one. coming." (laughs) It was, it was extremely impressive. I mean, we, we had never seen the kid in person. And so the film shows you that he has the ability to throw the ball downfield and stuff. He just can never get a true grasp of the velocity that somebody throws with unless you see it in person and he's got all of it, like absolutely all of it. So, you know, for him, his biggest issue is last year was his first year as a starter. Right. So for me, the biggest issue after seeing him in person, he needs to clean up the low, his lower half. He's a bit all over the place. And you saw that at the elite 11, right. When he's just standing there throwing it, he can absolutely rip it. But in terms of accuracy and ball placement, he's a little all over the place. Like Zach, you're a golf guy. I would compare it to a former baseball player that's standing there on the tee box. Yeah. They have the power. They know how to swing. When things line up perfectly, they hit rockets down the middle. But if the timing's even slightly off, they have no clue where that ball's going. And that's sort of what I think with Trevor Jackson, where you say, hey, man, he's got the physical and athletic tools. There's clear upside there. 
with more reps and more games being played at the at this level and the next level, when he gets somebody that can clean him up and polish him up, he's got every chance in the world to be extremely successful. And it would make sense in a in a quarterback room like Ole Miss, where you got Jackson Dart for this season. Um, he could he could go to the NFL draft if he has a doozy of a season. He could come back, um, and then after that, you've got Walker Howard and Austin Simmons waiting there to do battle. So it would make a lot of sense for Ole Miss or or whomever if they have those numbers in that room. You bring in Trevor Jackson. You get him acclimated to the playbook, you get him into the weight room, and you work on those mechanics and uh, look, you know, a couple of years down the road and see what you've got because, you know, looks the part, can really spin it. But, um, yeah, just cleaning up some some stuff mechanically and and you've got yourself, uh, you know, a blue-chip quarterback. Um, yep. He has the offer sheet to go with the upside. Pitt, A&M, Penn State. Ole Miss, West Virginia, Illinois, UCLA, Missouri. Uh, I saw um, uh, Oklahoma extended an offer yesterday, uh, and then Ohio State and Florida State are kind of, kind of ha- hanging in the weeds there. Uh, Miami extended an offer, but you've got some big time programs that are keeping tabs and and doing some monitoring to probably see what he looks like as a senior. But, um, but yeah, a very intriguing offer there because of the the fact that. You know, Ole Miss has some quarterbacks ready for the future if and when yep. Jackson Dart leaves. You bring in somebody like Trevor Jackson and you can work with him and, and get him ready to where you're yeah. not counting on him immediately. Right. I think the big thing, then you and you touched on it, that senior season is going to give you a great glimpse into, hey, man, how can this guy progress after one year of doing the job? Right. Like I mentioned, last year was his first year as a starter. He goes into year two as a starting high school quarterback. What does the progress look like? Because ultimately, you're hoping that the, he progresses. Um, and for me, it's just like it's is it it's okay. Does he how like how big is the stride length? Right? Does he make leaps mm-hmm. and bounds of progress, or does he sort of inch his way forward in in progress? Ultimately, I think that's what what's going to decide which teams end up truly going after his commitment. All right, we're going to take our first break here on Not Committed. When we come back, we're going to stay in the high school ranks, shift over to defense, talk a couple in-state targets for Ole Miss, and uh, delve into the uh, the rankings a little bit and talk about the most recent update and what Cody thinks of these two guys. So hang tight. On the other side, we will talk more 2024 class. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. 
Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we are back here on Not Committed. Cody Belair here with us on three scouting and rankings assistant. It's been a uh, quite the doozy of a, of a month for y'all. Working <laughs> hard, getting the rankings that is one updated way out. It. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, finally released the new rankings. Um, the two in particular that I want to talk to you about um, on the defensive side Probably the two biggest targets for this class um, outside of a couple playmakers on offense, but I know Pete Golding is is in pretty deep with these two guys. Um, and I wanted to to get your thoughts because uh, I know some folks were were asking questions about it and um, on our board, but the two in-state prospects that um, Ole Miss fans are asking the most questions about, Camarion Franklin and Jamonte Waller, uh, Waller, who committed to Florida last month. Um, Ole Miss is obviously still going to keep recruiting him. Um, the linebacker out of Picayune and then Camarion Franklin, the defensive lineman out of Lake Cormorant. But let's start with Franklin. Um, not even kind of where y'all have him ranked, but just in general as a player, you know, what went into the rankings uh, assessment there and kind of what do you envision him looking like in the next couple of years? Yeah, it's interesting with Camarion Franklin, right? You, you look at the body type and you see the measurables from a height weight perspective and you get excited, right? I mean, he's 6'5 ish. I think he's above 6'5. He's in that 260, 270 range. He's a really good looking kid off the bus. When you really dive into the measurables, though, I think the wingspan is only an inch longer than the height, which is about average. Um, Zach, I bet if we took your wingspan right now, it would either be your height or slightly above, to be honest with you. And so when you look at these D linemen or edge defenders, you really, the thing that carries more weight than anything is length because it's your ability – to get your hands on your opponent quicker than they are solely because, I mean, it's just like boxing, right? You talk about box. It doesn't matter if you're six, seven or five, 10, it's about your reach. It's about right. how long, how long your arm goes in order to reach your opponent. Um, so with these D linemen and edge guys, the length carries a lot of weight. Um, and so with him, you know, that plays a factor. The other factor is sort of the testing, right? Like his, uh, shuttle is 40 time is vertical numbers they're okay they're not anything to write home about again it's one of those deals where the body type and the athletic measurables in order to project him as an edge defender at the next level you say eh, not a hundred percent sold there he's still a great player that's the thing of this right the film is fantastic right he, he's very productive he he has good hand usage despite the length of his arms. He's very high motor. He does all these things. He's solid against the run. However, the high school film says that our job is to project what that guy looks like at the college level and beyond as an NFL draft projection. We still view Camarion Franklin as someone that gets drafted, right? Which, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want your team full of guys that are draftable. It doesn't matter. Like every team on the planet would kill for a team full of NFL draft picks. 
whether they're seventh rounders, it doesn't matter. That's what you want. Your roster full of guys on to play on NFL teams. So with Kamarian Franklin, his ranking is that, right? We have him as like a back-end 200 guy, and we still view him as a draft pick, whether that's a fifth, sixth, or seventh rounder. Plus, he has every opportunity in the world to play as a senior, continue his production, continue to put good film on tape. And, uh, you know, he could potentially still rise for us. However, he will always be sort of capped or have his ceiling uh, a little lower than some other guys solely from the athletic measurables and the arm length. That's just kind of the way it is. I know he had the monster junior year, which you just alluded to, but as far as him making any kind of move in the rankings, which again, I I tell people a lot, the rankings are, are, are the rankings, but you need to focus on who's recruiting who, where they're taking their actual official visits, um, where they camp. And, you know, those kinds of things to me point to power five coaches actually believe in this guy to where yeah. like it, ranking. I don't even know how many players I have to rank for the 24 class. I mean, what is it? Upwards of 1500 to 2000. Yeah, that's, that's impossible. You're not going to get everyone right. It's hard. But as far as him, you know, improving his stock, not necessarily in the rankings, but just improving his stock in your eyes as a player, what does he need to do? Because, you know, outside of getting, you know, arm extension surgery, which is a real thing, by the way, um, (laughs) outside outside of improving the wingspan um, and just the, the obvious, you know, hey, just get, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. What do right. you think prepares him best for the next level? Yeah, I, I think in it, the, honestly, the hard part of answering this, Zach, is that he just has to continue to do what he's been doing. Like the production's there, the film is there, right? Like he is stout against the run. He has solid get off. He's able to knife between the tackles. He's versatile as a defensive lineman, which is honestly the the best part of his game, in our opinion. I think um, would be the fact that his with his size like his height weight he has the ability to potentially put on weight and kick inside he has the ability to stay off the edge potentially and stand up as an edge defender it's very possible so for me I mean what he has to do I guess as a senior right and in terms of what you're asking me like how can he improve the film's got to stay right it's got to stay at the level it has been I think the biggest thing for him and it's something that he can work on right would be the the twitch and the burst so for me there's things that you can do to improve that in term in, in order to improve lower half explosion right and getting more fluid right well all these edge rushers they have the they have to have the ability to win leverage and gain leverage at six five like he is you got to be more fluid and more loose in your hips than mm-hmm. Some of these other guys that are six three six four, because the way to win leverage is by getting underneath offensive guys' pads, and the only way you bend. do that is if you have, you got to be able to bend, man. You're 100 percent right. That's the and buzzword. And so for him, it's working more on like I would say pliability, as opposed to getting just stronger and you know sitting there doing bench press and all that stuff. Like that's great, man. Like you're gonna be strong and you have to be at the point of attack. But for him specifically, 
It's about getting looser and a little more fluid. If he's able to do that, you could see his stock rise in terms of uh, moving up in the rankings. Um, however, he's going to have to show that on tape. You know, there's there's clips and there's movements he can show on film that shows progress in that department. So if he's able to do that, I, I, I absolutely would not write off an ability for him to increase his ranking. The other one I wanted to ask you about, Jamonte Waller, um, linebacker. He, to me, on paper, and I've seen him in person, and yep. he is an interesting one. He, he's kind of a tweener because of the size and the ability to where he's limited in the height category, but he has the ability to to bend and to get, un, you know, create leverage by getting underneath some pads. Cause he, um, I saw him in Atlanta at the under armor camp and he competed in the defensive end drills, like the defensive lineman drills he was right. going up against some offensive linemen and he, he fared very well, but, um, just him as a player and, um, you know, we're not going to get into the recruiting side of things with you because you're, you're going on the, the analyst and, and scout view, but, um, sure. I don't think that that recruitment's over by any means. Auburn and Ole Miss are going to continue to push. And then um, as someone that that I've talked to several times, he talks a good bit about, you know, he says all the right things in recruiting, you know, relationships and it's got to feel like home and I got to, you know, this and that. Sure. But he has always made a point to mention he wants to win and he wants to compete for championships. So the 2023 season for Florida is going to be interesting because I don't think they're going to be particularly good. So what's what's that going to look like on that end? But from a pure prospect viewpoint, um, kind of where do you see him fitting in in the college game and, and kind of yeah. what was the assessment there? So for Waller, it's it's a game of and this is something I think, you know, after reading some of the stuff that people have been saying over the last couple of days. It, it's more of like clarity on our end that we are projecting Waller as an NFL prospect, right? That's what our grades are off of projecting these cats in terms of NFL draft projection. Um, and for Waller, the game you play, just like you said, he's a tweener. Is he an edge guy or is he an off ball linebacker? And for us at six foot and a half, 240 pounds with, 32 inch arms that doesn't exactly scream edge rusher more importantly it doesn't scream nfl edge rusher right because some people point and say like well but what about von miller von miller six two and a half or six three or whatever he is one those two inches are a huge difference right that's two those two inches it's a game of inches right so those mm -hmm. two inches are a big deal. So to gloss over the fact that like, oh, it's a couple inches, that's already a mishap in my opinion. Also, Von Miller athletically is a freak of nature, like an absolute yeah. anomaly from an edge standpoint, which in turn you look at Jamonte. Yes, let's say we call him an edge, right? The length is an issue. However, the athleticism also isn't overly – insane right like he he ran four nine laser 
which isn't extremely impressive for an edge rusher. It's not terrible. I mean, it's average, right? It's fine. Like, it's fine for an edge prospect. But the thing that kills him in terms of projecting him to the NFL as an edge pass rusher is really the size. The size is a huge, huge concern. Is it as big of a concern at the college level? No, it's not great. But you can still win with guys like that, and you can still have success. But in terms of an NFL projection, like it, it's he's mm-hmm. fighting a very, very uphill battle. Um, when you look at it the other way, right? Okay, well, let's look at him as a linebacker prospect, as an off-ball prospect. Let's look at the measurables there. Six foot and a half, you can win with. That's totally fine. 240, again, not too big of an issue. Totally fine. The length is okay. Again, it's not overly like, wow, that's perfect, but it's definitely in the above average territory. However, I point again to the 4.9 laser 40. That is mm-hmm. a problem. It is about getting sideline to sideline. The way the game's played, especially at the NFL and the high collegiate levels, it's fast. And at yeah. linebacker in particular, you're being asked, it's not old school thump- thumpers anymore. You're not playing a bunch of true mics <clears throat> that are in the 245 pound range that live between oh, yeah. C gap to C gap. That's just not the way the game's played. Playing anymore. in space. You're all about playing in space. And so, what you're going to ask this linebacker to do also, not only the fact that the athleticism is sort of lacking for that position right now for Waller. You're also asking him to do something he's not done at the high school level very often. The majority of his high school film is as a stand-up or hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're asking him to do something that he's not necessarily – it's not – and again, I emphasize it's a question. It's not a concern. It's a question. I don't know if he can move around in space and cover guys in the flat or cover tight ends up the seam. I just haven't seen him do it, and I don't know if the athleticism necessarily translates in order for him to do it. Now, to your kind of the same thing you asked about Camarion Franklin, what can he do as a senior that maybe helps his case at the next level? If he were to play more off-ball linebacker as a senior, or even, I mean, I guess he doesn't even, I mean, that would help. But even if they just ask him, hey, man, cover some running back on a wheel route. Or, hey, maybe carry the tight end in the slot. Like, just show us that you can maneuver and function in space as well as you maneuver and function as an edge rusher and a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He has he has every opportunity to put that on film and potentially go up in the rankings for us. Now, if you tell that to his high school coach, he's probably going to be like, uh, no, thanks. He's a dominant <laughs> edge rusher for us, so I'm going to keep him there. I don't blame him for that at all. Just for us, in the sake of an NFL projection and what he can do to improve his status, that would be extremely helpful for us. Does it happen? I don't know. I'm sure his NFL, or excuse me, I'm sure his high school coach would have some issues with that. Um, But for our sake, that's sort of, I think, the disconnect that we have with, you know, we sort of infer that people like, oh, yeah, you guys understand like the measurables and you understand the height, weight, right? And you understand the length and how mm-hmm. that factors to the NFL, right? And I think it's just we need to have more clarity. And that's why we're doing this, right? Like that's why you and me are having this conversation to give clarity as to like, hey, this is what our thought process is. And this is 
NFL data that we have that historically translates when looking at these high school players. Um, and that's what hopefully I'm able to do today in terms of giving some clarity and just a little peek behind the curtain in terms of like, Hey man, this is where our head's at. This is what the thought process is. So um, I hope that sort of spells out kind of where our head's at in terms of Jamonte's uh, projection. Probably going to need to get a couple ticks faster in the 40, but honestly, I, I didn't mean to give our listeners whiplash at the beginning talking LSU baseball, but I'm certainly going to do it here. I think the comp for Jamonte Waller might be Nicobe Dean. Pretty close and pretty close in height. Waller's a little bit thicker, but Nicobe Dean, I, I know a lot of people doubted him because of the height and he didn't have super speed. And then he was just an ultra productive guy. Um, yeah. Flashed yeah. in the all-star setting and earned his stripes, you know, earned that fifth star. And then at the, uh, after he left Georgia ran a, I believe a four seven. Yeah. Um, before getting drafted by the Eagles. So, yeah, I mean, I think you could see that like, a cause that Nicobe Dean was just a good football player. Like he just made plays. He didn't sure. have elite measurables, but he was just there all the time. Um, very cerebral guy. Um, that to me yep. just seems like a, a pretty good comp just because height weight's pretty close and he's got to get a little bit faster. Yeah, my my only discrepancy with that would be the speed for sure, right? Like two tenths, that's still a good amount of time in between. Mm -hmm. However, Jamonte still has room to very much improve that, right? Like Nicobe Dean ran four seven after college. So like yeah, there's yeah. room for him to improve Jamonte in terms of like 40 top end speed stuff like that so i would not discredit that at all um the issue to me like the big discrepancy between that is you turn on nicobe dean's high school tape that cat's been playing inside linebacker in the slot off the edge he they ask him to do everything um but they have the biggest thing that he had in his tool belt in comparison to demonte's film as a high school kid Nicobe Dean is diagnosing from a Mike linebacker position. And yeah, obviously position. play speed is different than testing speed. But even then, Nicobe Dean closing to the football and being able to diagnose and trigger to ball carriers was at an elite level coming out of high school. So in order, when you say like, hey, guys, y'all go ahead. We're, hey, Jamonte, we're going to go ahead and line you up at Mike. He's already running a 4-9, right? Just saying, hey, man, line up with your hand on the line and go run 40 yards. He's running a 4-9. Running a 4-9 and then plus sticking someone at Mike Linebacker and having to diagnose and then begin running. Because that's the whole deal with playing defense, in my opinion. That's what made Jamal Adams special. That's what made Devin White special. Not only were they top-tier athletes, but their ability to diagnose and trigger to the football as soon as the ball is snapped allowed them to play at 100% speed. Mm -hmm. I, do you know what I'm saying when I say 100% speed? So, like, when I when I think yeah, of there's, 100 there's no doubt. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no hesitation. Not, exactly. No hesitation. Like, as soon as the ball is snapped, you are at 100 miles an hour flying to the football. So, for Jamonte, the biggest issue for me, not only – in terms of lacking top end speed, it's the fact that, Hey man, when you're playing inside linebacker, when you start running is extremely important. When you decide to say, Oh, 
that's where the ball is going. I am now going to tackle him. That is extremely important at that position because even if you're a hair late or a tenth of a second late, you might get reached or yeah. you might be an inch, you know, oh man, I tried to dive and tackle him and clip his legs. You're an inch short, whatever. That's where that stuff matters. And that's where the reps at the high school level and just understanding how to scan the field and diagnose plays quickly matters in terms of, you know, like Waller could do that, right? Like he could go to inside linebacker and he could learn how to diagnose. The problem is it's just going to take him a little bit longer. It might take him a year. It might take him two years in order to trigger as efficiently as he needs to in order to be effective as an inside linebacker. Whereas Nicobe Dean didn't have that issue. He's been playing that and he's been able to elite. He's excuse me. He's been able to diagnose and trigger at an elite level since he was like 16 years old. And that's what made him different. But to your point about the physical makeup and the size and height and all that stuff, that's you are not wrong there. The height, weight, speed is relatively is extremely like similar, but that's where the difference is, right? That's that's why I was just trying to explain. That's where the difference is between Dean as a high school prospect NFL draft projection as compared to Jamonte. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we will close up with some current homeless player chatter with Cody Belair. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern banking. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels. 
your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back here. Final segment on Not Committed. We did a lot of recruiting talk and... I told Cody that I would throw him a bone and we'll talk some current college players. <laughs> and when I gave him the uh, the topic on the docket, or I guess the, the title of this segment, he laughed. Um, we talked about this on our show on Monday. The curious case of Spencer Sanders. I've yeah. heard rumors that <laughs> he is working towards earning his undergraduate degree in the summer Right now at Ole Miss, um, I think, yeah, it's a very real possibility he could graduate and then move on because he will be a grad transfer. It will be a free one-time pass. I don't know where he would go because um, I think it, right now it's it's very obvious that Jackson Dart is the starting quarterback. He earned yes. it last year. He earned it in the spring. He earned it in uh, the spring game. Walker Howard to me is the heir apparent. He is the future. But what's what do you make of the Spencer Sand? I mean, we don't have we don't have to go all the way back to when it was when it happened. Um, because I think, and this is just my opinion, I think that as soon as they got Walker Howard, they were probably like, oh crap, we don't need this other guy. Um yep. But what what's what do you make of this, and and what do you think of him as a potential, um, you know, back into the portal on the market prospect? Yeah, it, it's funny, Zach. Like I, I laughed, and I, I love the way you phrased the curious case of Spencer Sanders. Is because even when Ole Miss took him in the first place, I remember seeing the notification and thinking to myself, why. Like, why, why would, why would you go there? Why would he go there? Like, I, I, I never understood how that thought process was like, I would love to, you know, 
I, that's the, if, you know, fly on the wall sort of deal. I would love to know how those conversations went. Because to me, I think that had to have been a situation. And I, I say this and I speak of this coming from a place of like, guys, I've been in, I've been in some of those meetings before. I've been in some of those discussions where you kind of look at guys that enter the portal and you say, what can he be for us? Or how do we view our situation currently? And what does this guy do to our room? And so for me, I, I have to imagine they said, okay, you know, a guy like this enters the portal, right? Spencer Sanders, he's been a four-year starter at Oklahoma. He's played over 40 games. You look at the numbers, they're borderline identical to what they were when he was a freshman, like from his senior year. He throws over 2,000 yards. The TDs to interception ratio is about the same. Like he hasn't moved the needle as a prospect. I mean, since he was a freshman in, in college. So to me, I, I have to imagine when they discussed Spencer Sanders and his addition to the room at Ole Miss, it had to have been in a, a in case of emergency capacity. If something happens to Jackson Dart, you know, I think that the issue is looking at their room and saying like, okay, if something happens to Jackson, are we screwed? Because there's a world in which you could have said that, I believe. Like if Jackson Dart goes down, you go, oh my gosh, like what are we going to do? Um, so that's why I think they bring in someone like Spencer Sanders to say like, Hey man, in case of emergency, break glass, you throw this guy in, you know, exactly what you're going to get. He's going to be a guy that has pretty solid highs. Mm -hmm. The lows are pretty tough, but at the end of the day, he can move the offense and he can win most games except he's never going and he clearly he has proven that he's not going to win the biggest games. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a guy that can drive the car and not take it off the road. Essentially is how you look at that. So I have to imagine the issue though, with that and the reason that Spencer Sanders like, uh, okay, well I'm, I might dip here in a little bit and go into the portal again. Somebody I think sold him some bad, some bad, uh, some bad product. Like, I think it's very possible that Spencer was fed something different than what he walked into. And I think, you know, that has to be something along the lines of like, you know, just a miscommunication or somebody sold him some bad juju or something. But I, I never felt like even like, and that's kind of what I point to at the beginning of this. Like, I cannot imagine Ole Miss said, yep, we're going to bring Spencer Sanders in and he's going to compete for the starting job. I just don't see that. I, I can't my, imagine a world in which that was the case. Yeah, my initial thought was, okay, experienced guy. He's old. He can be in, you know, he can be that, you know, old head in the locker room that can keep things together, be, you know, be a good example, you know, show people how to work. And that was probably like 20% of it. 80% of it, my thought was, we're going to get this guy in here because he's a – seasoned vet who's played a lot of football and he's tough and we're going to have him, you know, you know, we're going to have some packages for him. So Jackson Dart will stop trying to run over linebackers and get hurt. Um, <laughs> right. That was kind of my thing was they'll mix him in here and there. So, 
Jackson Dart is not, you know, taking 15, 20 clean shots a game. Right. Um, Because Dart's a big dude. He's tough. I mean, he showed that last year. Um, Right. But you don't want him to do that again for a full season. So that was kind of my thought was it's a – they had to get a backup because before Walker Howard, all they had were two walk-ons. You had to get – you had to get somebody. So when they got Spencer Sanders, I was like, it makes sense. And it's also not the worst backup. Absolutely. He he had some really big highs at Oklahoma State, and he had some really deep lows. But it it made sense on paper. And then once you get Walker Howard, that was when you kind of have the egg on your face, and you're like, oh, okay, we didn't really need him. Yeah, Um, and even – to like that point, you know, you take I, I from Ole Miss perspective, I totally understand the thought of being like, hey, this guy we take as the backup. Awesome. And even you mentioned to it, Walker Howe's the heir apparent. Like Jackson's our guy. Spencer's the in case of emergency. We need to plug him in. We're good. But ultimately, Walker's the QB of the future. We have that all mapped out. Awesome. I cannot imagine spencer sanders told himself you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start for four years at oklahoma state and i'm gonna enter the portal to be a backup like there's no way that kid had to have thought that process so that's where i think the ultimate disconnect was is like yeah i get it from Ole Miss perspective you bring in someone and that's sort of the role he plays but i can't imagine a world where spencer sanders voluntarily says I'm going to be a backup quarterback now after being a starter from the day he walked on Oklahoma state's campus. So that's ultimately, I think where like the biggest disconnect was and sort of to your point, I think Walker Howard may have put the nail in the coffin on that one where you say like, Hey, Walker's going to come in. And I'm assuming Walker Howard after knowing Walker and having been part of the recruiting process for Walker and, seen him in person and all that good stuff. Like Walker ain't no slouch. Like Walker can spin and Walker can throw the football. So I'm sure when they had him out there, they were like, Oh no, (laughs) I'm sure it was very evident to everyone being like, Oh, this might be QB two. To say that the staff and people around that program are excited about Walker Howard would be the understatement of the millennium. And I totally get that. Totally. He, he oozes, um, He's like that guy that's just really annoying because he's not overly boisterous. He's not super loud, but nope. just the play and he, he he'll kind of he'll kind of cut his eyes at you and give you a little smirk, but he won't say anything. That's the yeah. kind of swagger and, and juice he's got where he's not going to be in your face, but you know, it's there. This is going to sound so dumb, Zach Walker after being around the kid and he's from, he's from Lafayette. That's where I was born. That's where he went to uh, STM, St. Thomas More. That's if I stayed in Louisiana, that's where I would have gone to high school. Like that, I know exactly where where he is, and I know who he is, and I know where his family is. I know everything about that kid and being around that kid. This is gonna sound so dumb, but he has such good vibes. He's got great yeah. vibes. He's chill as can be, but he's a gamer when the lights are on. Like he's easily, he's so easy to be around and he makes everyone feel comfortable. Like I can understand how people gravitate towards him and I can understand how people look at him. And the thing is, guys, that has nothing to do with football. When you watch the kid do football, it's equally good. Like Mm -hmm. he has 
phenomenal arm talent. He's such a good athlete. He's comfortable on the run. He can maneuver in the pocket. The biggest thing for him is going to be processing and becoming acclimated with the playbook and becoming acclimated with his teammates and just picking everything up. When he puts all the pieces together and his brain's able to go at 100%, he's going to be a really good football player. But until then, where he has to win guys over and, you know, collect his skins in the locker room in the sense where, you know, he's got to earn trust with the guys in the building, he's going to do that. Like, there's no question in my mind that he is going to do that because he's such a likable, good-hearted kid, and he loves to compete. So I could see how Walker entering that building and entering that room, everyone was sort of like, oh, yeah, this this guy's legit. And I could understand how that could, you know, mm-hmm. leave some sort of mark on someone like Spencer Sanders where they're like, hey, I was supposed to walk in and be the guy, and now I'm clearly not. I may not even be QB2 at this point. So, like... I could clearly understand how Walker's Walker's presence and ability could force force someone like that out. I have high hopes for for Walker Howard and what he's going to do at Ole Miss. Yeah, I don't I I, I don't think that makes me some elite evaluator or her scout because it's very easy to see and it's it's very um it comes natural to like what you see when you when you watch him play. Um, Ole Miss fans got a glimpse of it in the Grove Bowl. Um, he certainly looks the part and can can really play and that that quarterback competition in the next couple of years is going to be a lot of fun with him and and Austin Simmons and then uh whoever Ole Miss tries to get in this 24 class so um right well that's going to do it for not committed um i don't think we could have gotten any more out of you there Cody that was that was that was elite stuff <laughs> and uh i appreciate the uh the time and the candor to uh be open about this rankings process and, and how y'all go about things. And yeah, like you said, giving people a peek behind the curtain, cause it's a, uh, it's a lot for y'all to do in such yeah. a short amount of time. Nah, man. I mean, it's, it's always a treat being on here and talking with you, Zach. And I, I think it's just one thing that we're going to really focus on in the future is just being more prevalent, you know, being around, being, active and sort of like you know i was on the boards last night a little bit and talked to some folks in there which were super nice so i appreciate you guys doing that and you know being understanding you know and having you know the thing about rankings and the thing about evaluation it to me it's the best part of it no one is gonna bat a thousand no one's gonna go oh right like we're all gonna miss we're all gonna hit um I just hope people can understand and appreciate sort of like where we come from. Like, how do we get to our, you know, like, Hey, this is with a ranking. How did we get there? And so if I can give you my two cents and, you know, be more active in explaining how we got to the conclusion, I think that helps everyone. So I hope you guys, uh, you know, aren't over me yet because I'm only going to be more and more around. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to sort of, you know, be more active and be able to have more conversations like this. But of course I appreciate you, Zach, and, you know, being able to give us a voice and sort of, you know, care about what we talk about and care about what we think. So I appreciate you as always. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you again. Um, you can follow Cody and all of his work and Charles's work, uh, on Twitter. Uh, he is at Cody Belair. You can follow everything at on three recruits on Twitter. Um, are, are you on threads? Is thread still a thing? 
uh i am on threads i have made i think three total posts so a okay. lot of excitement going on over there i still don't yeah. i still don't really get it yet but i don't either there. i don't either um, i i am yeah i am there am i active no but am i there yes <laughs> so, yeah that was i i just had to get the bunker built in case correct elon <laughs> blew up twitter and then we didn't have it anymore so yeah no no question no question <laughs> um <laughs> But that's going to do it. Again, thanks to Cody. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. And as always, thank you to the subscribers for making it. Uh, subscribers, the sponsors. Thanks to the subscribers as well. But thank you to the yeah, sponsors. Both. For, uh... Very appreciated. Both. <laughs> yeah. Everybody <laughs> making uh, making it possible for us to do this. So uh, we'll be back with another podcast later this week. And um, stay locked in at omspirit.com, an affiliate of On3 for all of your Ole Miss news and notes regarding recruiting, football, baseball, basketball, we got it all. So until next time, we out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.